Oh, man. All right, yo, you ready? Let's do it. All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy, D. Starks. Starks Artist. You are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. As always, I'm extremely excited for today's episode. Jordan was getting on me yesterday because it seems as if the only... I guess feeling that I can express or at least explain when I'm coming into an episode is saying that I'm excited. <laughs> He's trying to say I needed to, I guess, hop, no, hop, in a, hop in a dictionary. No, I'm just saying, bro, like, the listeners probably just think you're real enthusiastic, bro. Like, you always excited. There's nothing wrong with being excited, bro. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's how it's how I'm always coming in, bro. I'm just I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, but what yeah, were we yeah. what, what were we mentioning or referred to the uh, the spelling bee? What was it called again? Bro, you talking about uh shoe? Is it? Uh, it was like Aaliyah, Aaliyah and the B or something. Like Aaliyah that. and the B. No, nah, you movie, said bro. that. Uh, I forgot that Kiki Palmer played that. Yeah, bro. bro, that movie she went was crazy. fire. Though. That's what I'm saying. It was a good movie. I bro. actually went back and like looked at the trailer. I'm like, yo, yeah. this it was bringing that. It was that mad was nostalgia. Yeah, very bro, much so. That's when I wanted to be like a a kid genius for real like that's when it was I, what was that one word that she had to spell why do i feel like it was like super freakish allidocious or i'm for real i feel it like was, it was uh, one of the ones that she had to it was uh, crazy bro it was something crazy it was like snuffleupagus or something like that <laughs> i don't know bro it Come was on, a big bro. it was a big word Come on, bro. <laughs> it was a big word but no nonetheless as i said i'm as you said or told me to rephrase it as, I'm elated. Elated, man. Maybe may, maybe more ex- expansion in Just, the vocabulary, you know. how I'm feeling. But nonetheless, with all of that, we're going to go ahead and tap right in to the first segment. Um, Let's do it. To the episode called What's the Word? Just coming here and speaking to something that we've been studying in the Bible, biblical topics or concepts that we've been diving into for the week. So, Jordan, go ahead. Please do us the honors. Man, okay, no, so I'll take it away. I'll take it away. So, um, so last week I had mentioned, or last Wednesday, last Wednesday episode, I had mentioned um, Hebrews eleven is one of the chapters that I read every single day, and um, I talked about how there's another chapter that I, I have on that list, um, and it's Matthew six, and that's what I'm gonna be talking about today. And uh, these are chapters like I try to read every day. I want to make sure. I try to read these every day because definitely yesterday, I remember I didn't, I just didn't even have time to read through both the chapters, but these are chapters that if I try my best to always make sure I read them. And Matthew 6 is one of them. And the reason why is because this chapter just always brings me to a place of peace because I was also bringing in um, the, uh, the armor, right? As a believer, waking up every day and putting on the armor, the armor of God. And, um, Peace, peace was was one of them, and this chapter is just something that always just brings me to a place of peace. And it's um, it's really just talking about the idea that God always sees you, even if no one else does. Um, and how his his gaze is really the only one that matters. Um, it talks about giving to the needy. Um, I think there's a lot of uh verses that are quoted that come from this chapter i didn't realize until i actually read it through i was like man this chapter is like loaded with like a lot of good stuff that i hear all the time that is just very encouraging it's the so the um 
the saying we talk about, like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That come from, comes from this chapter, like when you're giving to the needy, don't do it to be seen by others. When you're praying, go behind closed doors and pray to your father, right? Don't do it like the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders who go up and just say all these fancy prayers to be seen by others. It talks about um, fasting. When you fast, don't look you know, somber and like real weak. So people ask you, oh, what's wrong? Oh, I'm fasting, right? Like do, doing things, understanding that God sees it, right? And that he will reward what you're doing and not necessarily caring about how other people are going to perceive it or even the praise that you will receive from people. Um, and, it, and it, I remember my girl was telling me this one time I thought was so good. It's this idea of like the stage versus the stable. And a lot of people, especially in this generation, like you seek the stage, like social media, you seek the followers, you seek the views, you seek the the stardom, right? The stage, but it's like the stable is where everything really happens. Like Jesus was born in the stable. So it's, 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 this chapter is really for me, what it means is that whole premise right there. The idea that cultivating your personal relationship with God, understanding that he really is the only thing that matters, his, his approval, his yes. Um, his applause is the only one that matters. And the only way to cultivate that is in the stable, right? Not necessarily seeking after a stage, running after a stage, but running there, right? That that being your ultimate dream, your ultimate purpose. Like, I just want to remain here in the stable, in God's presence, where he sees it, his applause matters. That audience of one, we've brought it up before, but that's essentially what this chapter means to me and why it just brings me to such a place of peace. Because like, that's really the only thing that matters. And it's like, have you have you ever seen the movies when, um, I'm trying to think of a specific movie, but it'll be like uh, that one like real good scene that's like everything else will just be like muted. You know what I'm saying? Like really action movies. I think it, they do it in action movies where stuff be like blowing up behind them and it's just like silent. They're just doing like mm. the cool little walk. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like that's kind of what this chapter gives me. It gives me that feeling like everything else is just blocked out. Like I'm just... I'm just chilling. I'm just walking, bro. And it's just silence. Silence. I don't really care about anything else that's happening around me. And um, I think what brings it all together is really at the end of the chapter, uh, Matthew 6.33, you know, the famous chapter we brought up time and time again. See first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So at the end of the chapter, the last thing it touches on is like, look at the birds of the sky, look at the flowers of the field, like they're clothed. God cares for them. He makes sure they're fed. Like he's going to make sure you're fed. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. See, first his kingdom and his righteousness and all that stuff is going to be taken care of, right? Um, and then literally the last verse of the chapter says, um, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. So imagine like the whole chapter is just going through like the stable, like, bro, just focus on your relationship with God, focus on his, his eyes, focus on, you know, uh, his opinion on his applause. And at the end, it's like, seek that first, seek first his kingdom, seek first his presence, seek first his advancement. And it's like, everything else is going to be taken care of. So this chapter, that's the reason I wanted to bring it up, because it's just like, there's just a lot there, man. And it just brings me to such a place of like, bro, everything's going to be okay. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. And it sounds real like, uh, you know, cliche, but really I read that chapter. I'm like, I'm going to be straight, bro. Like, I don't, I don't even be, I don't even be worrying about nothing, bro. It's like, I'm going to be good. Anytime I'm stressed out, I read that chapter because it's like, focus, focus on the stable. 
and everything's gonna be cool. You're gonna be you're gonna be provided for. So right. that's why I, lo- I love that chapter so much. And you know, we were just having a conversation yesterday that I feel related so much to this when it comes to finding a place of peace, and then also just the emphasis on the latter part of Matthew six when it comes to Jesus, like urging us to not worry about what we'll eat or what we'll drink. Um, you know, looking as the example to the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, like if I close them, provide for them, how much more will I not like do the same for you? And that's something and a lesson that I've had to learn. So like very recently, um, and I'm really just coming into and getting a lot more language for it because I think that I've really struggled with believing that God will actually take care for me and provide for me. Like even on like, in a lot of different ways. And when you think like just like monetary in terms of relationships, like resources. Yeah. And this has really shown up a lot, like even like with the podcast, when it comes to um, the way that I've been thinking about, okay, like monetizing to make sure that, you know, I'm taking care of that you're straight. Um, and then like everyone else around us, I have overextended myself in finding these different strategies um, and wanting to take advantage of the opportunity that take advantage rather of the opportunities that God has like giving us, but also doing that to an extent where I'm like extremely anxious. I'm worried. I'm stressed out. And it's all been at the root of like not really believing that God is going to show up for me and take care of me and provide for me in the way that I need, even if it's not what I necessarily like want. Mm -hmm. And so it's been interesting because like, you know, behind like all of this like effort and work that I've put in, I have, that's just been like just a mask to like, yo, like I'm overextending myself because I really have a lack of belief that God's going to do that work that I'm trying to make up for, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, I think sometimes we can get in those particular like modes in our life for like different seasons where like we feel like we need to play God's part or like almost step into his role of our life. And, you know, we obviously understand that we have like a part to play in our purpose, um, in our journey and what God's calling us to. But sometimes we can cross that line when we feel like what we need or what we want, like isn't being met. Yeah. We start playing him and that's when we like are burning out. Like I said, just like overworking ourselves and putting ourselves in positions that like we were never meant to be in. But I think, like you said, it comes down to, yo, like finding that place of peace and really putting it in his hands. And like once we had that conversation yesterday, I slowly but surely like throughout the day and like even like coming into like this session here have like just felt so much lighter. Because yeah. I've taken that weight off myself of thinking that, like, yo, I've had to just like overextend and make sure that I'm taken care of because I really don't believe that God would do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that it, that makes all the difference in terms of perspective and also like how we're walking out and working with God, too. Yeah, I think uh, certain certain lessons, certain uh I think even biblical principles like relying on God's provision just hit real different depending on the season of life you're in. Um, Because I think now, like I'm 20, um, we recently had moved out like this past year from our parents' house. And it's like, you kind of just hit with that reality for the first time, you know, because your whole life you've kind of been provided for from your parents, right? And subsequently, 
God's providing for them. But in your eyes, it's just kind of like you don't have to worry about it. Like it's not even a thought in your mind. And then, you know, you kind of just get hit with the reality of like, man, like stepping into adulthood, stepping into adulthood, maturing, growing up. Um, and that's something that I struggle with too and still battle with is even finding that balance of like, okay, you know, not stepping over that line. Like, let me play my role. Let me be diligent w- with what God hands me. Um, but not overstep and like overextend. And I think even the um, that feeling of like feeling real, just burnt out, tired, anxious. These are all even signs and indicators that you have stepped over the line, right? Because of like peace is the fruit of reliance on God. So it's like if you're not feeling peace, um, you got to start questioning, like and, and analyzing. Okay, what what's what's going on? Like, am I overstepping? Am I doing too much in my own strength? Um, and some that I said before in the podcast is like. And it's the same sentiment of sometimes you have to um sometimes you have to hear God wrong to learn how to hear him right. And I think it's the same with learning this process. Sometimes it takes you overstepping and realizing, oh, something's wrong. And then like you said, like you've learned that that lesson of like, oh yeah, no, I, I overextended. And then from there it's just like recognizing it and then getting back to where you need to be. But some learning that lesson is very important. And I like I can attest to that too. You know, now that you, you know, growing up and we've grown up and maturing and stuff, but it really is just that chapter. It just always brings you back to like, yeah, bro, like God's provision. That's that's what I need to be leaning on. Not my own strength, not my own works, but but his. And what he can do. Yeah. And like you said, it comes to, okay, understanding what that balance is and also checking your heart as well when it comes to like the work that you do. Because again, like it's so easy to get may be lost in it and not always recognize it for what it is and and especially in my case because it's like oh well like i'm doing this work like unto the lord yeah you know like this is so admirable and it is like honorable right to understand like the part that you play in your obedience and being diligent in that but there comes a time where that is really just a crutch for the fact that yo, you really don't believe that he will provide or like yeah. he'll take care of you or you've yet to seen that see that in your life and so like you need that space and time for him to show up in that capacity and so that's also been like the the second part or rather the other half of okay looking at in what ways have i really started moving into my own strength of like well, how I'm providing for my life and what I'm relying on to make that happen and then also just checking the heart um in every capacity to really look at our like what is the motives of this you know because it can always be behind like what we consider good works yeah and what god what god wants but it is sometimes just you know all smoke and mirrors for what's really happening behind the scenes yeah no that's why that um hmm, like that self-check is always important because like that's real though like because you sometimes you can find yourself wearing like that exhaustion as like a badge of honor like you know, like I'm, I'm working, I'm working for the Lord. Like I'm tired, but I'm tired for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad, bro, I'm glad I came what back. Was that no, I'm no, no, no. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but I'm glad that came back because now I get a song in church that used to be like, "I'm a soldier <laughs> in the army of the Lord." That was a That's, war chant, bro. bro that junk was crazy. It really did go crazy, bro. <laughs> bro it made you want to go. I don't even know. Do everything, bro. But oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> No, but it was like that though. You you feel that exhaustion, and and it would be kind of like a um, like a valid you, you like a false sense of validation. Like you know, I'm I'm tired, right. but it's like I'm that means I'm 
I'm working hard. Like that means that God's proud of me. And it's like, no, oftentimes that means that you, you've tried to take his role. Um, so I always, always analyzing that, like, okay, where, what am I doing wrong? Like if I'm too tired, cause some, and I will say sometimes it, it is just a uh, discipline, like that, the idea of disciplining yourself sometimes just is difficult, right? 100%. You get that friction, but mm-hmm. it's always just analyzing and using your discernment. Like, okay, am I overstepping? Am I overworking? Or is this in the realm of what I'm of my management? So it's always just having that um, that reflection because it, it. It, you can slip into that easily for sure. That's the one, the realm of my management, yeah, and what I am called to be doing. I love that. And so for my what's the word this week, I am really or have been diving deep into a message that I heard Sunday. I was tuning into All Nations Worship Assembly New York, listening to Matthew Stevenson preach absolutely amazing and essentially like kind of like the concept or idea that i've really been just meditating on is the fact that discipline is cheaper than regret and it's just been all around the importance significance um and like our relationship with discipline and how that can open or at least restrict restrict access to certain doors in our life especially when we're going to different levels and so what he was speaking to and something that's really been on my mind is like, of course, the concept of doors, right? Something that like we hear a lot or like when we speak to going to new levels, evolving, growing, stepping into new seasons. Sometimes, of course, there will be like doors that, you know, we need access to, to like get into like these particular like rooms, like in terms of like relationship resources um, and where God wants to take us next. But sometimes we're in these moments of transition will get to the front of this door and like it it won't open we we can't get access to it it won't unlock and sometimes that's because of the lack of discipline we have in order to actually get into that room right that god is not going to ever give us anything that we're not able to handle or manage well whatever capacity and so sometimes that resistance or that friction Mm -hmm. or what we may deemed to be the enemy is just the fact of our lack of preparation for what's Mm -hmm. next and it's because that getting in the room is easy but it's how you behave once you're in the seat which is what matters it's going to determine if you're going to keep it and manage it well and so god always has to continue to refine you to a point where once you get in the seat you're going to be able to manage what he's been wanting to give you the entire time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that can be not necessarily the prohibitor, but just, again, that resistance that we'll see when we're going into new seasons and new levels. All right, we just need that process of refinement um, and discipline in our lives, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, that comes and looks so different. But, yeah, I definitely think that that's something that is extremely important and not – not and not something that we should overlook. And honestly it reminded me of you because yeah. I feel as if you've been kind of like stepping into I would say just another level of like discipline in your life. Just like, you know, obviously being close to you and like outside looking in in terms of like the way that you're like fasting, taking care of like your physical temple to like another mm-hmm. degree. Um so yeah, I wanna like what's that look like? What motivated that? Right, right. I think um a part of it it wasn't, uh, I think you just gave language for it, but a big part of it is what you just talked about is, um, 
and uh, amongst other things, I think, I think the discipline required from you that God needs from you to take, take you to that next level or walk you into that door. He will always give you like an inclination or an urge to do whatever that is. You know what I mean? So it's never going to be like you're stuck at this door and you just have no clue as to why or like what God needs from you. I think he'll always like place through conversations, through like convictions in your heart to lead you towards like, oh, no, like God's telling me I need to do this. Right. Because I feel mm-hmm. convicted to do this. This is the reason why this may be blocked or I'm I'm not ready. I think that's something that I noticed in my life recently. It's just been a lot of conversations, even just like videos, random videos popping up about just um, like health, like physical health and like eating the right things, conversations with friends, conversations with my girl, which is also timely. And it was like, yeah, no, okay. Like God's like walking me into this season where I need to be more disciplined. And um, I guess the way that I would have explained it, instead of like a door, it felt like you kind of like reach a ceiling and you kind of like, uh, I don't know, like you can't break the ceiling. You plateau. Exactly. You plateau. And um, instead of, because oftentimes you want to blame, like you said, like the enemy, like the enemy trying to block me or blaming the, the ceiling itself or whatever the case may be, pointing the finger everywhere else. But it's important, like you point the finger here at yourself and ask yourself the question, okay, is God requiring something more of me? Because sometimes that mm-hmm. is what it is. Like, I'm just not doing something that needs to be done for this room. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what the room looks like, right? So God can see the room and he can also see you. And he's like, okay, what what's missing? What needs to be there, right? So that's why it's important to listen to these convictions and have your ear ready. But I think it's really exactly what you said. It's just, I kind of felt like I was hitting like a, like a plateau and something something was required of me that was more of like what i what i took from me hitting you know kind of like that it felt real stagnant right so that was kind of like my next move okay what do i need to do and increase capacity like so that's what we talked about you know a few episodes ago and that's kind of what i came to like i need to increase my capacity so i'm ready for what god has for me that's tough because you can't see the room mm. but god can see the room and he can see you yeah all right. And that's where the directive comes in of mm-hmm. why he is requiring these particular sets of standards or disciplines for your life, because he can see what this next opportunity, this next relationship, exactly. this next platform is going to look like. Um, mm-hmm. So he acts accordingly. That makes so much sense. And no, I think it same for me. It comes in so many different forms. And to my original point that discipline is far cheaper than regret. I think another big part of that for me in terms of like my motivation is I have gotten, I, I've known what it is to like get to the room or like be in the position and like squander it because of mismanagement. Right. Right. And so it's understand I've, I've through experience understood like what the cost of it really comes at in terms of the lack thereof yeah in the aspect of discipline and so yes just simply yo and i believe i don't know kind of like how this lands but the fact that you'll either like discipline yourself or like life will you know like you'll either get to the point of giving yourself the space and opportunity to be diligent in what you need to do for you to like elevate to these next levels or you're going to hit like this roadblock 
or this experience or this fall that then is going to give you that lesson or try to wake you up, you know, because God will give you the opportunity to do it. Yeah. You know, and be patient with you in that regard. But at some point it's going to have to come. You're going to come at that crossroads. Um, And it's going to be easier for you to discipline yourself now than to look back and be like, oh, what I know I could have walked in, what it could have been or looked like if I would have just stayed the course been obedient and obeyed the standard. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's definitely been like a part of that as well. And yeah, it's just showed up in a lot of different ways. Just management of my time, like even like my, my, my diet and what I'm eating, the time I'm going to sleep, um, being diligent in like, yo, how I'm even scheduling out my day, yo, the people that I'm speaking to, what I'm allowing to speak into me and the things that I'm hearing and listening to and even watching, like it's the detail, right? Discipline is in the detail. And so it just comes back to it really being attached to all these aspects of your life to like whatever capacity, no matter how small, um, and that's going to make the difference toward, all right, like what's coming and what's going to be next. So yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I was going to say that. All right. And something else that he was mentioning and he was bringing this up because he was really speaking to how we as a body, of course, are like a Royal priesthood essentially. And that we have to, essentially hold that mentality um of what that looks like to like actually walk in it you know because because you can't be like a queen king a queen or a part of like a priesthood if like you have the mindset habits or tendencies of like you know like a peasant if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so he was like really that's where he was like coming from in terms of like the aspect of like why discipline is so important in that and then also he was shifting to why your circle is as well in terms of like the people that you put around you and that's in your environment that are like pushing you toward the future. And he was given the story and he had, he had like phrased it. Like he had, this was like a long time ago. (laughs) I don't know how long ago this was, but besides the point he's speaking to the fact that essentially, I guess something had happened with his brother, right? And backstory, he comes from like a very militant family. Um, his father and his mother served, and I guess they were like, you know, they were kind of gangster too. Like, um, and so something that happened like with his brother. So like his dad calls him back home, like, hey, like I need your help. Like we need to handle this situation. So, you know, he's like, oh Lord, like what is this going to be? And this is obviously like, after he's gotten saved and, you know, he gets there and like then, he says his dad takes him to this like undisclosed location. They don't know where they're about to be at or where they're going to go. So on the way there, he's in the car and he's like, just like praying, speaking in tongues. Like, yo, like, I don't know what's about to happen. Like, I, I'm not trying to get back into this. And so they get there. They're essentially like at this club. Right. And he's funny. He says like, he stands on the back of a wall with like his foot up with the, like two picks. So he looks like he's tough or he's hard or something. And essentially like his dad at some point, like calls him over and says, Hey, like that guy right there, <laughs> Essentially, I need you to go and like, yo, like throw hands, like go, go, go beat him up. And he's like, yo, like, are you sure? Like for real? And like his, he said his dad's intimidating. He ain't trying to say no. So he's like, no, I need you to go over there and handle that. He's like, all right, bet. So <laughs> essentially he goes over, he approaches the guy. I guess they start scrapping, um, you know, a little like um, chaos, like just kind of like breaks out. Like everybody's drawing to some degree. But he says like, while he's fighting this guy, he sees 
like a lot of different people that like he may have been with or had known like that were like fleeing and like running away in like different directions, right? And so afterwards, after everything's finished, they leave and his dad asks him, he's like, yo, do you know why I asked you to do that? And he said, I always want you to pay attention to who's fleeing when you're fighting. And he was essentially just drawing that back to that you need people in your life who aren't going to run away, fall back, or be shy when you're going through moments of warfare, when you're going through a season where you may be in a valley and you're struggling or you need someone who's going to like continue to affirm you, to challenge you, to push you toward who you know you're meant to be. Um, when you're going through these like moments of resistance in your life in whatever form that may look like, like you need people who <laughs> are going to sit there and fight um yeah. and stand in the gap and be that intercessor for you and so i don't know i I love i guess how you put that together and i think that that's also like crucial like to this as well it's like having those people as mm-hmm. we always mentioned just the importance and the fact that your circle does matter um and that can make it break the difference of also what it looks like once you get into that room on the opposite mm-hmm. side of the door um so yeah i thought that was just like fire i loved it and it added a lot more to the conversation as well um yeah. of discipline too i remember hearing that story bro that's a good that's a solid story yeah but okay we don't have our transitions yet so until then we'll just be doing it ourselves but now getting into the say it again segment of the podcast and i sold last week because i did introduce it as the book bag for some before I was able like to change the actual audio file. But it is say it again. But a lot of this at times will be possibly like what we're reading. But nonetheless, it'll be us coming every week and just recapping something that we've heard, that we're reading or we've listened to, we felt was noteworthy to run back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Talk okay. to me. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So so this say it again is coming in the form of uh, like a thought that had come to my head. I was I was watching this uh, this this video, this YouTube group, YouTube group called A and P. For those of y'all who don't know who they are, they're just a group of content creators. They live in Atlanta. They have like a content house, right? So they were doing this Jubilee style video, um, and it was uh, you know how Jubilee has like guest the whatever guest the blank. They have like the whole series full of them. Um, but they were doing like guess the virgin in this video, right? And um, so one of the one of them had the idea of like, okay, let's ask them because they're trying to figure out who it is. Like, let's ask them if they're religious because you know most people who are abstinent or you know what I'm saying like that is the reason is because there's there's religious reasons involved. So I asked them. I believe there was like six girls, and um. Like one of them, well, really all of them, mostly all of them said something along the lines of like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I'm like, not really like religious, really like that. They, they all said something along the lines of that, like some sort of variation, but they always made it clear, like I'm a Christian, but that's what I believe, but I'm just, I'm not really religious. And, um, I don't know. I just got reminded when that happened of when I, at one point or another, would give a response similar to that. And it was more of like a, instead of just, I'm a Christian, it was always like, I'm a Christian, 
But like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's always like something added on or like I'm a Christian, but I'm not really, you know, religious. And it was, it was from a place of, and even a good heart of like, okay, there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding the church, uh, like even certain stigmas and in an attempt to, you know, separate myself from them so that I could be like more effective or that they don't look at me the wrong way. I'm going to try to like dodge it and like, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of standing for it. It's like, I'm standing for this, but like, not really, because I don't want you to get the wrong idea. And um, so it, it's not like it even came from, you know, a place of ill intent. But I remember at one point in time, I just got really convicted because I just realized his body is something that he died for, Jesus. Like, that's something that he died for, his body, his bride. And, and it's something I've, I've mentioned before, but anything that he died for is worth my life. Like, it's worth me fully living for 10 toes. And I just felt like that was me kind of like running away from it. You know what I mean? And sort of like in a way, like throwing like divorce papers in God's face. Like I'm not really a part of like, you know, his bride and his body because mm. I'm trying to like, you know, escape it. And um, it really, and honestly, it kind of reminds me of what you just said. Like you need people who are going to stand and fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like who aren't going to flee. And I think, yes, even in the body, there's a lot of like, Obviously, it's people like we're people, um, we're flesh, we have flesh, we have desires that we shouldn't act on. And there's mistakes that people have made in the body. And sometimes I could look bad on you. Um, and it can be easier to try to run away from that instead of standing and, you know, being firm, being firm, like, no, like I'm a Christian. Like there's no if, ands, buts, like add ons to the end of that. Like I'm a Christian and I'm standing firm on that. And um, I don't know. I just I just see that a lot though. Like I hear that a lot and I see that a lot. And I kind of wanted to touch on that for anyone who might, you know, maybe having the same thoughts or the same convictions or maybe even saying some of the same things, understanding that it is more effective for you to stand firm and show people what a true, you know, disciple of God is, right? It's, 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 it's more effective to do it that way instead of trying to like escape the the stigma and then trying to do it that way, like doing, doing it in your own strength, even back to the beginning of this conversation, like trying to do God's job for him. Like, bro, God doesn't need you to protect him. So it's like, if people have misconceptions about the church, no, just stand firm where you're at and then rewrite the narrative that's in their mind. Um, and I think that's really the most effective way to go about evangelizing and even being vocal about your faith. Um, so yeah, I think I saw that video and it just brought back up this conviction in me because I remember like that's just a whole process that I went through and God having to correct me. Um, so yeah, I just I just wanted to touch on that for my sake again. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, you're a Christian? <laughs> really? Oh, there's that. no way. <laughs> I heard that with a lot, bro. <laughs> no, I I definitely used to have the same response or rather share in the same sort of perspective when it came to maybe people asking me about my faith or when it did did come up, me shying away to some degree. And I don't know if I'd say or go as far to describe it as like shame per Mm -hmm. se, but it was definitely a level of just, again, like you said, I guess like trying to escape that particular stigma, you know? Um, but again, to your point, it's so much more effective for you to stand firm and like mm-hmm. be bold and like who you are and whose you are, because you can be like 
that example for individuals to represent um, not anything new, but what the true biblical definition yeah. is like, what a Christian looks like in terms of the standard that you live by, the way in which you love, the patience that you have, the care that you walk in along with truth. And so that's really always the best way to go about it. Because again, like, you know, you'll get those like questions or people who may be, I guess, thrown off to some capacity, like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know like Christians could be this mm. loving, like, this kind that could disagree with me um tell me truth but we also have a civil dialogue like all these different things and you can be a part of like that particular shift in their conception of what christians like are how they behave exactly um, and then subsequently how they may even see or view god Mm -hmm. and so you know i've definitely have seen that in my own life um to some capacity, especially as I've just, you know, just gotten more bold and being steadfast and like, no, like this is like who I am. And it's something that you should be proud about. Yeah, it's something exactly. that you should wear like, you know, on your sleeve, right? Like as you're walking and the spaces that you step into is nothing mm-hmm. to like to shy away from or not um be just so like loud about and just mm-hmm. like open you know it should be something that like you want you want to share and like people like should know especially in whatever capacity that is brought up um and i know me and you were talking yesterday about we're going to mention this in the putting you on but um keon boone yeah. he recently dropped an album i need everyone to go support and stream it um it's it's a no skip i think the best product i've heard all year but more on that later but i was listening to this album for the first time yesterday and as i'm like going through it the only it's weird like because i could i don't know i I just felt proud to be a christian like listening to this project and that sounds that sounds off but i think that just seeing another person walking in the person purpose to that level being so unashamed about the gospel their testimony what god has done and is doing in their life in doing it in excellence yeah there's something about that this is like yo like i'm proud to be a part of like this generation of people who are like seeking god with everything that they have like we are amazing and it is like a privilege to be a part of like this this body like this collective Mm -hmm. unit you know and so as i'm listening to that i'm just like yo like yeah like we're tough like we're hard you know what i mean like it's like almost just of course like seeing just him in that in, in this particular scenario specifically like seeing him like operating that at such a high level it's just like yo, it's a win for everybody mm-hmm. and and just generally speaking to this conversation it's just like yeah like we should wear it on our sleeve like you know yeah. like yo we love we're, we love God. We're unashamed about this. We're creative, right? You know, mm-hmm. we also live our life um, to the fullest um, and enjoy it as well. And yeah, it, it's amazing. It's something to really sit and reflect on just like, wow, like we, you, you were a part of this and it, mm-hmm. it collectively as a unit together. So it is, it is amazing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad because I kind of share that same t- sentiment when we were listening to the project and I'm glad that you brought it up. Because I, I don't know how I would have communicated how I felt before you mm-hmm. said it, but like proud is kind of like the perfect word. Like you feel like, dang. And I think even for me specifically, because I'm an artist, just seeing someone in their artistry and in their their gift, 
just giving it fully to God, like not caring about how it's going to look or how it's going to sound. Like I even, he even had a couple bars like, bro, people saying this is weird, bro. I don't care. It was like, I don't know. Right. And, and, um, yeah, Leno, like, like I was saying, it's, it's just like, hmm. Cause I think even I'm, a, I'm jumping around crazy, but, uh, <laughs> cause even with my artistry, the reason why it was so encouraging is like you, and I see it a lot, even with a lot of other artists who are believers, like kind of like the same sentiment of trying to shy away from the stigma. And it's like in an attempt to try to escape the stereotype or escape the stigma, whatever it is, in a way you could be like escaping your effectiveness. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like seeing seeing that and seeing people who are just bold and like not not trying too hard to... I don't know. Say save God's face. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like, um, yeah, just seeing people who are bold and just speaking the truth, and that's it, bro. And it's like that. That's that. Like, there's no caveat. There's nothing else. That's just it. And I don't know. It's just real encouraging. Like, just bro, wear it on your sleeve. Be bold about it, because um, that's really your job, right? Step in. Step into it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's the light that. Um, we're, we're supposed to be and it's going to open up like so many doors um an opportunity and of course like easier said than done in some spaces right particularly yeah, when you sure. may, like feel that hostility or toward like what you may believe or how people perceive it um but nonetheless like it's just our job at the beginning to understand the realm of our management and what we're supposed to do to walk yeah. in that and let god do the rest um but none of that in this realm of management, yo, like it's something to like, it really is something to take pride in. For sure. Um, for so sure. that's something that I've come to learn and just like, you know, be be very bold in. And like, even now, like I still have like those feelings at times, you know, stepping into different, you know, more so of course, secular spaces um, that maybe not necessarily as like, I'm not going to say like as accepting, but it was not like a big part of the conversation. Um, but you may can feel all like what the sentiments of other people may yeah. be. But nonetheless, it's just like, again, um showing who Christ is in um the totality of how we're walking out the gospel, letting mm-hmm. our life be our testimony and testament to him and God's proof. Um and that's gonna, you know, that that's that's all it needs to be. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So getting into my state again for this week, I was actually thinking on this and then I eventually wrote it down, but it's the fact that I believe that you should, if you're wanting to grow, you wanting to evolve, go to the next level, it is imperative that you learn how to fail as fast and as quick as you can. And the reason is, is because like, that is the only place in which like you grow. Mm-hmm. And there has to be like a change in your perspective of what failure is and what it isn't and not taking it as a definitive statement of who you are of what your talent level is or the ceiling of where you can go because it's just information to gain to then refine for the next time and i say this because coming into this year me and jordan decided that we were going to start doing two episodes a week for the podcast now before we made the decision we thought this would be a lot easier than what we came to find out. But nonetheless, over the past six months, um, of course, like we've, in terms of like doubled like our volume, like yeah. of like the previous year, and it's afforded, afforded us a lot of lessons 
that we wouldn't have learned as quick if we wouldn't have done otherwise. Right. Right. So essentially I kind of use this example a bit. We usually, if you're doing like one episode a week, right, you're doing S52 episodes a year, you know, um, and you have to think about with anything, usually the more that you attempt, the more that you try, the more that you practice, of course, that's how you're going to continue to get better. Yeah. And so imagine going into a gym, a basketball gym, and not having ever played basketball before. You're going to go in and you're going to shoot, let's say, 50 free throws. What level of like proficiency do you think you're going to be at as a basketball player or just one who shoots free throws like after those 50 attempts? Of course, like you've kind of got a bit of it down, but you're nowhere near where you probably need to be just after yeah. 50 attempts, you know? And so, you know, for us, like increasing that volume, like, all right, like, you know, we've done what some, we, we, what we would have done in a year within six months. And what that has allowed us to do is like more opportunities to like bump our head, to like try this, mm-hmm. all right, do this. This doesn't work. Um, no, this didn't do well. Oh, well, like, you know, we may have liked this. This is something that can be integrated. And allowed our learning curve to be like cut short um, because like we learned and we're afraid to fail, yeah. right? Um, and so it really comes down to just like the attempt. You know what I mean? Like um, just like attempting to attempting like th- you know throwing up the shots um and getting as many reps as you can in and whatever craft that is or like the purpose that god has given you um so you can continue to refine that and walk yeah. in excellence in it because that's ultimately the goal right anything that god's giving you is for his glory so there should be no reason that we shouldn't walk in excellence in that because we serve a god of it you know yeah yeah, I'm, I'm around, reminded of uh, there's this page in my in my notebook, and it, and it's uh it's literally the only thing on the page. But the point says, obedience is not in the accuracy, but it's in the attempt, and it's basically essentially everything that you've just talked about. Like it's about the idea that God doesn't seek perfection, but availability, and the more that you make yourself available, that's when God will begin to perfect you. Like that's what the process looks like. Like the more shots you put up, the better you get, right? Anyone who plays any type of sport knows the the importance of repetition. So it's not even about hitting every goal, uh, making every shot, uh, catching every pass immediately. Just like the more reps you get, right? You'll get better. And that's how it works. And I think this even goes back to the point that I mentioned earlier about like the stage and the stable. Like it's it's coming back full circle. Like, hmm. Because I think the process of like you've been saying, like, you know, trying different things to see like what works and what doesn't and being being afforded that av- that ability to be able to even do that. Um, that's something that can't happen on the stage. Like you, you can't slip on the stage. You can't fall on the stage. You can't make a mistake on the stage. But that's the problem with a lot of us. Like we're trying to run straight to the stage, and it's like there's no, there's no um, that that process of of refinement that can't happen if you're on the stage. That has to happen in the stable, right? When the lights are on, when the camera's on, you can't fall. You can't make mistakes, but you learn from them. That sounds cliche, but that's just really what it is. So I think that's why even the idea of the stable and focusing on that is even more important because that's how you develop. That's how you learn by putting up 
putting up the shots, bro. If it's a championship, bro, you can't just go straight to a championship game, bro. You ain't hoop. You never hooped in your life, bro. You're going to miss every shot. So it's like, yeah, like even even more emphasis on the stable with this point, like focusing on that. Yeah. And I think we have to realize that we live our life in the stable. Ultimately, it's yeah. really never about the stage, so like the process of refinement that we go through. And I think that's what we get wrong. And we have so much, we put so much performance pressure on ourselves. And that's why that fear of failure is present. Because again, like if you do believe that you're on a stage in front of the lights, like you don't think you have, you can afford like to make a mistake mm-hmm. or to like miss this level of perfection. Um, although you're you're neglecting to realize that you're like this is this is about the stable, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's about the I audience applause, acceptance, affirmation of one. Um, and that's all the focus should be. So once you understand that and that a bit in to this totality, it's like, okay, like allow me to like make these attempts of obedience in the direction I know I should go in um, without fear, knowing whatever comes of it is a, more of a process of refinement to keep me where I'm at, to keep me evolving, pushing, growing spiritually um, and in every other level. So yeah. that's what it's all about. Um, and also, shout out to my man, Dalton. I actually literally just got back um, from lunch with him and he said something that was so fire. So he was talking to the fact that he was training one of his friends. And after their training session, he asked him, like, hey, like, do you think that I got, like, 1% better today? And he was like, yeah, man, of course, bro. Like, you definitely did. Like, you put in the work. Um, you stayed diligent. And we had a, we had a great, we had, we had a great like, um, span of time, like, today. And, but he was like, yo, let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. So, like, his, uh, the guy he trained, like, his phone was dead. Um, and he was like, well, like, of course, like, yo, like, if you put your, like, phone on the charger, you know what I mean? Like, and it gets to one, 1%, like, if, and it, and it gets to 1%, but you take it off the charger, how long do you think that 1% is going to last you? So he was saying, like, mm. yeah, like, of course, like, you have, you're, you got 1% better today, but like, yo, you have to do that, like, every single day. You know what I mean? If you keep, that charger in longer at some point okay you're gonna get to get to like to 70 percent and of course like you realize you you understand that it's gonna last you like significantly longer yeah so it's just like yo like you have to continue to like get one percent better and improve on your craft who you are your relationship with god and what you're building focusing on etc um and not take the charger out mm-hmm. because sometimes like that'll happen like oh like we met i made some progress right and, I, and i'm like oh like I, I did i see this percentage but like yo like it, it's only five percent but like how long is that gonna last you yeah and i was like that's so tough so it's just like this constant um pursuit of yeah. like excellence and you know just living to like what you know god wants out of your life but i, I thought that was yeah, that that hit it was so fire. Shout out, shout out, Dalton, man. That's I love tough. you, bro. I like that, bro. But yeah, so that that was the one. That was the one for sure. All right. So, nonetheless, as a lot of y'all come for, I'm I'm really, I guess, am excited in terms of the opportunity that we have. Honestly, because I was just speaking to somebody about this, just to I guess share our platform. 
in a sense of like, you know, having that time and space and to really like, all right, highlight someone or individuals who are doing something like absolutely amazing, particularly as like Christian creatives, like artists, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But yeah, getting into the putting you on segment of the podcast where we come and we just play a song um, or an artist that we have been listening to here lately on repeat. And so, like I mentioned earlier, Keon Boone, the man, the myth, the legend, he just released an album called Christ Steppin', 11 songs, about 30 minutes, and I think that this is album of the year, secular, sacred. I really haven't been listening to that much music this year, but this is the first project I can say is a no-skip for me, and that's a big deal for me. There's not a lot of no skip albums like in my book it's about like i don't know maybe like five to seven maybe ten but i really enjoyed this it was absolutely amazing um i want everyone like if you have the opportunity the chance on your way to school it's only about it's less than 30 your way to school yeah working out run through it i would be shocked if you don't find something that you like especially if you're into hip-hop and rap um he's just raising the bar um I don't want to say I'm like I'm like a dad or something or like you know I'm, I'm this mentor, but um, like I mentioned earlier, it, it's I'd I say like it's admirable, right? And I, and I yeah. genuinely respect just like the craft, honestly. Like I really, really like this project. I, I can't shut up about it. I was listening to it. Um, I listened to it first time yesterday, two times. Listened to it again today. Um, so yeah, it, it went absolutely crazy. But anyways, for the putting you on this week, um. I think me and Jordan both have songs from this album. Yeah. Mine is called, hold on, how did I forget? This is, at least at this point, my favorite one. It's called Die Young. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely go, like, go stream that, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, man. So we're going to have that in the description below along with our playlist for those who don't know or haven't added it yet we have one for apple and spotify of our putting you on it's going to be updated every single week as we're coming out with new playlists as well so definitely check that out add it follow us and also share it group chat your family your friends your mom your pops your bus driver every every, everybody especially people who need to be put on um and just check it out for yourself but yeah y'all know what it is um I'm excited for Friday's episode as well. I think it's going to be something that y'all really enjoy. But we're going to tap in. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But nonetheless, stay you, stay real, and stay humble. We'll catch y'all Friday. Much love.